This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. Communication is often made in, in through signs and through symbols. And so think about the significance of symbols in, in the way that we connect. I want to invite you to look at these symbols and call out the names of what they represent. What's that? Sydney, Australia. We'll go with that. The Bears. John Deere. Michelangelo, 16 Chapel, Apple, <laughs> say MySpace, you're a lot sharper than the previous, car. Oh. next, <sighs> Blues. Schweitzer, and that's actually the Schweitzer app. And so we have a Schweitzer app. I hope you uh, tap into that, uh, access that, and check that out. I think you'll find that helpful. Symbols, symbols. And when God wants to communicate to us about the Holy Spirit, oftentimes it happens through symbols and through signs. Last week we began this journey of truly intentionally seeking out the Holy Spirit in a deeper, richer way than we ever have as a church. We're on a journey. We're not in a study. We're not dealing with a concept here. We're pursuing the person of the Holy Spirit. As we look at the Holy Spirit, we recognized last week that the Holy Spirit is co-equal with the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is co-eternal. The Holy Spirit is God's presence with us in our life and in this place. And so today, what we want to do is to talk more about the specific ways in which the Holy Spirit works, the way the Holy Spirit manifests itself through signs and symbols of water and oil and fire and breath and wind. First, water. We couldn't live without water. Water keeps us alive. It hydrates us. It hydrates even the food in which we eat. We cleanse ourselves. We bathe in water. But probably the most powerful image of the Holy Spirit in terms of water in Scripture is that it's a river of life. You know, Ezekiel has this vision of dry bones in a dry land. And in Ezekiel 47, he has this vision of a river rising up. And at first it's ankle deep. And then it's knee deep. And then it's waist deep. And then it's even higher and you can swim in it. And this river is clear and it's pure and it's crystal. And there's the fish and the f- and that flow in it. And along the river are trees and The trees sprout leaves, and the leaves are for the healing of the nation. It's a beautiful image of the powerful force of the Holy Spirit being the river of life. 
And John in Revelation picks up on this same very vision of the Holy Spirit being like a river of life. And you have that vision of God on the throne in heaven, the new heaven, the new earth. And what flows out of the throne but the river of life, pure, clear as crystal. And along the river of life are the trees and the leaves for the healing of the nations. And Jesus made it so much more personal where Jesus says at a religious festival where people come and they're kind of going through the religious motions about water. Jesus calls out in a loud voice, Come to me, all you that are weary. Come to me, all you that are thirsty, and I will give you drink. And Jesus then goes on to say that whoever believes in me, out of them, in them, flowing within them will be the river of life. And he says this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will flow through us. A powerful, unstoppable force. One of my favorite places to visit and vacation is, is Montana. I love Montana in that it's got it's big sky country. And I've, I love the sky we've had the last few weeks. Have you noticed it seems like our sky has been taller than, than normal? And the clouds have been incredible. Reminds me of big sky country, Montana. And what I love about Montana is not just the big sky, but the clean, clear water. You can go to Flathead Lake, Montana, and you can look down into the water hundreds of feet, hundreds of feet, and see the bottom, pure, clear, crystal, clean. You contrast that with the James River or Lake Springfield. And, oh my goodness, there's no comparison. And yet, the Holy Spirit is a clear, clean, crystal flow of water. And yet, our spirit, our soul, can be like a cesspool. It can be mossy and murky and toxic. I mean, I would not float in the James River to save my soul. And yet, isn't it a beautiful reflection of contrast? The Bible talks a lot of times about in each of us, there's an inner stream. And that stream can be clear and pure and crystal, and the Holy Spirit is flowing in our life. Or it can be like a cesspool, and the water can be murky and toxic and foul and stagnant. Which image best describes you? Now, there is nothing wrong with the Holy Spirit. But sometimes in our spirits, what happens is that there's the blockage. And things get murky and stagnant and bitter. Agnes Sanford was a pioneer in the inner healing movement. She wrote many books about the Holy Spirit and about healing. And she loved to teach children. And I love the way that she taught children about the Holy Spirit. She would get down on her knees in the ground. And she would dig a ditch in the ground. And she'd take the water and she'd pour the water into the ditch. And she'd say, children, this is like the Holy Spirit flowing in our life. See the water flow. 
But then she would take some sticks and rocks and she would put a barrier up in the ditch. And then she'd pour the water in again. And she'd talk about how that the water was backing up, that there was a blockage, that there was a barrier. She said, you know, sometimes in our lives, the Holy Spirit can't flow the way it's supposed to because we've built up a blockage. That blockage can be resentment, it can be bitterness, it can be unforgiveness, it can be jealousy, it can be pride. But the blockage is real. And so the image of the Holy Spirit being a river of life flowing through us, a mighty force flowing in our life, that's what God desires for us. And the question is, do we go with the flow or have we built barriers of resistance that's created a stagnance in our life? Another powerful image of the Holy Spirit is oil. The priests had the responsibility of keeping the fire of the temple burning all through the night. And so it was their job at dusk to dawn, the light of the temple, the light in God's tabernacle would never, ever go out. And that oil, that olive oil, was represent, re- representative of the Spirit of God. Uh, when I was a kid in vacation Bible school or in Sunday school, we sang this, this song. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning Burning, burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. And that was a song that was just right out of Scripture. It was a song that was calling on the resources of the Holy Spirit. And so the the oil was poured over the priests and the prophets and the kings to represent a fresh anointing. The anointing of God for God's purposes and that, through that person's life or that office or that responsibility they've been given. And the image that the New Testament, the New Covenant tells us is that we have that anointing of the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is not a one-time anointing. I was prayed over this morning by three wonderful women because I need that. I need that source. I need that energy. I need that fresh anointing. I cannot live on yesterday's power or yesterday's strength. I have to live on today's strength. I have to plug in today. And so the image that we would use today is not so much oil, but are we plugged into the outlet? Does God's strength and power, the electricity of the Holy Spirit, is it flowing through us? What do you do to plug in to God? How often do you plug in your iPhone, your phone, your computer, your iPad? Not a trick question. Uh, Probably at least once a day. When I don't plug mine in overnight and I take my phone to work the next day, I find out that it, it isn't enough. It just goes dead. We have to plug into the Holy Spirit. How often do you plug in to the energy and the life of the Holy Spirit? To me, it's, it's got to be daily. 
And we do it in different ways, but I've got to find that place. I've got to find that outlet. And many times for me, it's, it's sitting still with not saying a, a word with my hands out. And I believe and I sense God once again flowing into my life. We need the reserve and the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Are you plugged in? How often do you plug in? How dependent are you for the energy and strength of the Spirit to work in your life? Another powerful image of the Holy Spirit is fire. It's amazing attributes of what fire can do. Fire, of course, gives off heat. It gives off light. It gives energy to us. It burns within us. But one of the images that I think is is most powerful for me about the fire of the Spirit is that it's it's a fire that goes into a furnace. It's it's a crucible fire. It's, it's, It's a fire that purifies. It's a fire that I need that burns away the false impurities of my life. You know, there's a scripture that used to scare the poop out of me. Can you say that in church? The poop out of me. (laughs) Every time I read it. But now I find comfort in it. And the verse is that our God is a consuming fire. A consuming fire? (laughs) Who wants that? I don't know. Do I want God to be a consuming fire in my life? But I found that as I place my life in God's hands and like, like wood that you take in from a cold winter night and it's cold and it's got ice or snow over it and you pop that log on the fire, it hisses and it, it calls out all kinds of names until it settles down. There's a lot of false things in me. There's a lot of impurity in me. There's a lot of things that, that I need to be burned off of me and out of me. And I take comfort in that God is a consuming fire because God, when I give myself to God, he will burn away the false self. And, and all the things of, of the facade and, and the things that I thought were was so important in this world. And as I get closer to God, I learn more and more about new things that I need to give over to God. You know, Isaiah, the, the, the prophet, had a vision of God high and lifted up in the temple. And in this vision, there, was, there were coals of fire. And, and Isaiah is undone. He's scared to death as he stands and he sees this holiness, this holy God in this vision. And then he cries out, I'm, a, I'm undone. <laughs> I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the Lord. And a seraph, an angel, then takes one of those coals from the altar of God and touches Isaiah's lips with it. And his guilt is gone, and he's cleansed, and he's clean, and the impurity is over, and he can hear God speak, and he has this intimacy with God. Because of the fire of a coal from the altar 
of God. You know, the Holy Spirit, the fire will work in many ways. But think about it today as, a, as something that burns away the impurities. You know, it's when you and I go through the fiery test. It's when you and I go through a hard time, a difficult time. <laughs> that God has a way of revealing those things that need to go. And if we just stay close to the fire, if we just cooperate with God, God will make new people of us. St. John of the Cross, 500 years ago, the mystic, talked about, oh, sweet burn, oh, delicious wound. What's he talking about? He's talking about that time when God the Spirit comes into your life and in your heart in the dark night of your soul. And it's a sweet burn because he's burning off the stuff that just is impure and not good in our life. It's a wound because it's a wound that is given to us for our own good and for our own health and our own healing. And we call it delicious and we call it sweet because that's the way the Spirit works. You know, this past week I was enjoying my time with God and I had the audacity to say to God, you know, God, I love you. I'll do anything for you. That's a very dangerous thing to say to God <laughs> and said so God impressed on my spirit well I I want you to apologize to someone and God brought me back to an incident that happened over 10 years ago when I said something harsh and hard to a colleague someone that I, I don't interface with much then or now. But I remembered very clearly what I did. And God was saying, you need to apologize for that. And frankly, that's been in my memory and that's troubled me for years. And God said, I want you to do it. And so it took me two days. It took me two days to get my soul and my spirit around where I could write out a note of apology where it was sincere and I really meant it. You know, where you say, this is what I did. There is no excuse for this. I am sorry. Will you forgive me? And I sent it on to the person. And in that sense, I feel like I was getting closer to God. And I feel like if I hadn't done it, I was going to get farther away from God. You know, intimacy with God is something we pay for. If we really want to get near to God, if we want to draw near to God, we got to obey. We got to follow the voice. We got to address the impurity. I loved yesterday's devotion, and the Holy Spirit is with you where J. Oswald Chambers talks about how John has such an intimate relationship with Jesus. And in the midst of that, he says, anyone that has intimacy with God must pay the sacrifice because it costs something to be intimate with God. How close are you to God today? How close do you want to be? The distance between us and God is not measured in miles, but in desire. And so it's the fire of the Holy Spirit burning within our hearts that changes us and moves us to closeness and a purity 
where we can experience and know the living God. The final symbol of the Holy Spirit we're going to look at today is breath and wind. Um, The mighty wind of the Spirit came and blew when the prophet Ezekiel called for the four winds and the bones rattled together. And the Holy Spirit came as a mighty wind on the day of Pentecost and blew on the 120 as they were waiting for the Spirit. Ruach is the Hebrew word for wind and spirit. The Spirit comes as a mighty force at times and also as a breath, the breath of God. As God breathed into Adam and Eve the breath of life and we became living souls, God breathes into us. Jesus breathes into us. Receive the Holy Spirit. Let's look at these words from the gospel together of how this happened for the disciples on that night in which Jesus was resurrected. It was on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, that Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when, I, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Notice that not once but twice Jesus says to his disciples who are locked up in fear, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And he shows them his his hands, the holes in his hands, the pierced side. They identify him through his wounds, through the wounded sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And he says, just as the Father sent me, I'm going to send you out. But then he says, he breathes on them. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit settles, Jesus talks about forgiveness. And he has has this amazing word to say that you, you have this ministry. You have this privilege of forgiveness. And if you forgive the sins of others, they're, they're forgiven. If you retain the sins of others, you don't forgive They're retained. What an amazing, awesome, scary, incredible responsibility we have to walk in a spirit of forgiveness. Watch this story with me about how forgiveness can happen. It all went down on this block in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Back in 05, Jamel McGee says he was minding his own business when a police officer accused him of and arrested him for dealing drugs. You saying the officer made it up? Yeah, it was all made up. Of course, a lot of accused men make that claim, but not many arresting officers agree. So you phonied the report? I did. I falsified the report. 
This is former Benton Harbor police officer Andrew Collins. Were you just trying to chalk up an arrest? Yeah, basically, the start of that day, I was going to make sure I had another drug arrest. And in the end, you put an innocent guy in jail? Correct. You lost everything. I lost everything. My only goal was to seek him when I got home and to hurt him. Really? That was my goal. Eventually, that crooked cop was caught, served a year and a half for falsifying many police reports, planting drugs and stealing. Of course, Jamal was exonerated, but he still spent four years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Today, both men are back here in Benton Harbor, which is a small town, maybe a little too small. Hey guys, thank you. Last year, by sheer coincidence, they both ended up at Mosaic, a faith-based employment agency where they now work side by side in the same cafe. Oh, excuse me. And it was in these cramped quarters that the bad cop and the wrongfully accused had no choice but to have it out. And I said, honestly, I have no explanation, all I can do is say I'm sorry. And Jamel says that was all it took. That was pretty much what I needed to hear. Today, they're not only cordial. It's Saturday, we went to the trampoline park. They're friends. Uh, you know, we talk about life. Such close friends. Not long ago, Jamel actually told Andrew he loved him. And I just started weeping because he doesn't owe me that. Uh, he, I don't deserve that, you know? Did you forgive? For his sake or for yours? No, for our sake. Not just us, for our sake. Jamel went on to tell me about his Christian faith and his hope for a kinder <laughs> mankind. He wants to be an example. So now he and Andrew give speeches together about the importance of forgiveness and redemption. I'll grab this one, set it over there. And clearly, if these two guys from the coffee shop can set aside their bitter grounds, what's our excuse? The backstory of that is that these two guys reconnect after they've both been in prison at a program called Jobs for Life. We do that same ministry here. And Andrew, the former white police officer, was assigned as the champion and the mentor for Jamil. And in this relationship, you, you find God at work. Friends, we're living in a country, we're living in a community, we're living in a time where it's only, only the forgiveness of God that's going to save us. And I love Jamil's response to the question, did you forgive him for your sake or for his sake? Remember what he said? Our sake, our sake. And that's the difference with the forgiveness of God. You throw the calculator away. Freely we have been forgiven. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the mercy of God. And so when we are walking in the flow and the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. We forgive for our sake, for everyone's sake. And that's the hope of the world. The Holy Spirit is a living, 
breathing person. The Holy Spirit is the power of God and the gentle sweetness of God. The Holy Spirit is intimate and up close and personal. The Holy Spirit is our companion in this world. The Holy Spirit is the mighty force of God. And we need the manifestation of the Spirit, not just the symbols of the Spirit. But I need and you need the river of life to flow through us. We need the power and strength of the oil to renew us. We need the fire to burn away the impurities and to burn within us. And we need the mighty force of the Spirit to blow in our lives and the gentle whisper of God, I forgive you. I forgive you. Now go forgive others. Will you stand with me? I'd like to invite you to pray this prayer with me, this prayer of Father Cantalamases. If this prayer captures our hearts, if this prayer is something that gets in our spirits, if this is a prayer that we mean and we live and we memorize, if this is a, a prayer that begins to become the ebb and flow and the rhythm of our life, it will change us. It will change us. Because it captures the work and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Come, O Holy Spirit. Come, power of God and tender sweetness of God. Come, you who are both motion and rest. Renew our daring. Be our companion so that we will not feel lonely in this world. Create in us intimacy with God. We do not say any longer, as the prophet said, come from the four winds, as though we did not know where you come from. We say, come, Spirit, from the pierced side of Christ on the cross. Come on the breath blowing from the lips of the risen Jesus. Amen.